Hi, I'm Jennifer, and welcome to the Crew Japan Podcast, a weekly podcast where we take you on audio journeys through Japanese culture. This time on Crew of Japan Podcast. Anime lovers, rejoice! We've got another anime related episode just for you. The most dominating category of anime has got to be shonen. In this episode, we'll discuss the reason why we think shonen anime has been so successful for all these years. Just like One Piece has the power and the fandom to go on forever, I think Dragon Ball does too. I think Bleach has a lot of staying power. What makes a good shonen anime? Having、uh, strong characters, a strong character arc. A story that even it could be alien and set on another planet, but it's got to be relatable. It's got to speak to you as a person. And call out a few series we think are noteworthy. But I tell you one that resonates in, in something that you can turn people onto, even if they turn their nose up at anime. It's like, I couldn't get an anime. Watch Full Metal Alchemist. Maybe you've already been a fan of Shonen anime and listening to this episode, hoping we shout out your favorite series. Or maybe you've never dove into the world of shonen anime and hoping to get some insight from our discussion. Whatever the case, we hope you'll learn a little from this episode and renew or confirm your love for shonen anime with the help of our special guest, voice actor Kyle Abair. All right, and the crew is back, and we have Jen with us. Hey, Jen, long time no talk. Hey, Doug, yeah, long time. It doesn't seem like that for the podcast, but it has、hey. been a long time. <laughs> yeah, the last episode we had was, I think, released in, in middle of August, and Jen was on that one, but she's been on maternity hiatus for a couple months. So, welcome back, welcome back. And we have with us our special guest today, Kyle Abair. What's up? Hey there. How you doing? Oh, excellent. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, and for those who aren't familiar with Kyle,、uh, Kyle is a very well known voice actor on some major hit anime series like Dragon Ball Z. You may have known his voice from Gohan, right? Adult Gohan. And... Adult Gohan, yeah. Who's,、um, yeah, it's kind of on the big screen right now, a Dragon Ball super、yeah. superhero. Yes, my husband has been begging to go into the theaters to watch it. <laughs> That's the only way to see it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and so many other, other titles. I know we're going to touch on that a little bit later on. But,、um, you know, first of all, before we kind of jump into the, the meat of our interviews, we'd like to just briefly ask our guests about their connection to New Orleans. And you are from Louisiana,、uh, Lake Charles, as we were talking about. Yeah, the other、earlier. side of the state. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So,、um, and, and, and you had mentioned too previously that you are. You have been to New Orleans for a couple conventions.、Um, so, what we like to ask you is what is your favorite thing about New Orleans that, from your times that you have come?、Um, and what is your fondest memory? I would say the food, you know, having Cajun in my lineage, loving that spicy, <laughs> super fattening, awesome, you know, oh, you gain 10 pounds just looking at the menu. Yo, yeah. It's so worth it, though. You know,、uh, the memories are, of course, the, you know, stopping by the, you know, seeing the French Quarter, going to Cafe du Monde, and、um, eating some, some local cuisine. Although I didn't get too far out of the downtown area, unfortunately, due to time limitations and、yeah. uh, commitment to the convention. But、uh, 
the convention folks kind of went us and took us on the tour. We did the haunted walking tour, which was very, very interesting. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Uh, just, you know, so much history uh, in that city. And I was just chomping at the bit to get to experience what it's like down there because, you know, you see it on movies and TV. Is it ever going to, does it match up to that? And strangely enough, being from Louisiana, I had never, ever visited New Orleans before, even though I had a cousin uh, who lives in Metairie. Uh, <laughs> just, we just never got to that side of the state because most of our family was in the Lake Charles area at the time. Yeah. So, well, I feel like Lake Charles, too, has some pretty good uh, Cajun food. And you're yeah, not they, too far removed from like Lafayette and Acadiana area and all that fun yeah. stuff. So. Well, and then oh, you're yeah. like so close to like Texas line. So, I mean, it's yeah. probably easier to get to Texas than New Orleans, honestly. Yeah, you're two hours away from Houston. You're, you're pretty close to stuff. And then yeah. uh, Shreveport's yeah. not too far away either. And Well, um, something that we usually ask our guests as well is like their Japan journey. But obviously for you, I have the honor of asking, what is your anime journey? You know, what got you into like knowing and discovering anime and then eventually working as a voice actor in the industry? I started watching anime before it was known as anime. Back then, it was a cartoon was a cartoon. So in the seventies, I was watching. I was watching Speed Racer, Battle of the Planets, um, Star Blazers, all this stuff that got licensed right after Star Wars hit, and then there nice. was this mad rush to to license Japanese shows and and put really bad dubs on them. <laughs> <laughs> And all that. And then through the 90s, it was known as Japanimation. Yes. <laughs> I was watching things like the original Vampire Hunter D, Akira. Nice. Or we called it Akira back then. Akira. <laughs> um, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, and I was watching Robotech, Voltron, you know, a little bit of Transformers. But um, yeah. And then I just saw things as they as they grew. Because I'm 53. You know, I, I, I grew up way long time ago. Uh, so my journey uh, has, has been a long one, but ever since I was a child, I wanted to voice act for cartoons, for animation, and I ended up doing uh, getting a broadcast degree because I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to be a DJ, too. Very shy, very introverted. I wanted to entertain. I didn't want people to look at me. So if you're behind a mic in, in a room and you know, you're entertaining that way, that was like, that sounds like a good Good, you know, I, I had trouble memorizing dialogue, so I wasn't active in school plays or any of that stuff. But the acting thing still uh, interested me. But I ended up getting a broadcast degree and, and starting a, a radio career um, all through the 90s. And halfway through that, I'm, you know, become full time on air with Radio Disney, uh, kids radio format. And that. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i was a dj on the air with that and um that was a ton of fun because we got to do voice acting we were doing audio dramas and character voices all sorts of stuff and this little show called dragon ball z started airing in the states uh around the same time and i became a fan instantly i fell in love piccolo was the first character i saw and i was like oh my god great <laughs> go around imitating next time on dragon ball z fast forward to 2000 <laughs> the radio station care uh, co-workers heard about open auditions at Funimation in Dallas where I was based and I went in tried out and I read as as teen Gohan when Gohan goes to high school oh, okay. and uh, got cast in some bit parts first because they wanted to see is, is this actor going to be able to handle doing lip sync and acting and taking direction it's 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 the most technical 
hardest kind of voice acting there is, even though it's the lowest paying. Sadly, <laughs> yes. Sadly, yes. Not not a lot of respect. It's the red-haired stepchild of the VO industry, sadly, <laughs> despite the popularity, especially I seeing know. in theaters is anime. I Sorry, know. Sorry, Selva. That's so crazy, yeah. But yeah, that, that started my journey. I've been voice acting for 22 years, started with Dragon Ball Z and got into other things. Yu Yu Hakusho, Full Metal Alchemist. Yep. Move, move to LA, get on to Bleach, Naruto, yep. Gurren Lagann, Street Fighter, Fire Emblem, uh, some bit parts in the Final Fantasy series through the years, some zombies in Resident Evil, <laughs> all sorts of stuff. My hero. In, yes, uh, My Hero Academia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fat Gum, he's, he's back here. My, my I know, boy. I saw him, yeah. I was like, oh, so cute. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, Escanor's been getting a lot of love from Seven Deadly Sins as well. Ah, I haven't yeah. watched that one yet. That's on the to-do yeah. list. All on Netflix. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta so- wrestle my son off of Netflix first before I can watch it. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so... You know, to get into the meat of our conversation today, which is the whole shonen anime, um, there are a lot of shonen anime out there, um, more than we could ever imagine in the catalog. Um, so, you know, my question to both of you to just kind of like think about is what makes a good shonen? Well, uh, I think what's this is this is part of any good story. Having uh, strong characters, a strong character arc, a story that even it could be alien and set on another planet, but it's got to be relatable. It's got to speak to you as a person. And the more relatable it is, the more meaningful it becomes. And, you know, if everyone's doing their job, they've got a good story. They've got a good cast. It's it's got good animation that really works and everything clicks together. It's, it's such a so many people behind the scenes go to 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 fashion anime and especially in shonen with with, with how action oriented it is and how popular it is uh, and reaching a mainstream audience uh, and doing so well instead of something niche like you think it might be. I used to think Dragon Ball Z, it's like, oh, it's a big, big it's a sausage fest. It's just for dudes. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, the, the, the female audience is is almost bigger. <laughs> for that show um so yeah i think i think when you boil it down strong characterization strong characters yeah because like we just we had an episode prior to this one um where we talked about manga and mm-hmm. you know we talked about all the different um kind of like genres so like shoujo shonen seinen um jose um talking about like the audience genre per, per mm-hmm. se and so you know there is a huge gap between shonen and shoujo, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for any good anime, you obviously do want good characters. Um, in my opinion, though, what really makes shonen stand out to me, because I watch more shonen anime than actually read shonen manga. Okay. And in my opinion, it's the animation is what really stands out to me. So, like... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Naruto, the fight scenes, mm-hmm. amazing. I can't even imagine reading Naruto because I want to visually see those fight scenes come to life. So that's just my opinion, though. Jen, you, you're on to something there, though, because I absolutely agree. I, I read 
I don't really watch as much anime anymore just because, again, time restrictions and stuff like that of being able to get in front of a TV for extended periperiods of time. And some of these an- <laughs> shonen shows are kind of long, you know, so <laughs> it's, hard, it's a, a big commitment. So I actually have the Shonen Jump manga app and I, I read a lot of stuff on there. Uh, but I'm reading like one piece right now. I'm about 400 issues in or four and a half, 450, I think. Um, getting about <laughs> getting through, I'm chugging along. Uh, <laughs> but um sometimes it's really hard to follow the action because it is like that cell by cell and also reading my hero academia like those fight scenes are oh, very the fight scenes imp- are so good on the right. anime and, and that's where i i don't want to say i struggle with it but I, i'm watching and i have to like go back and reread after i read through it i have to go back and look at the panels again just to say oh that's what's happening as a result because there are some that where it's just like kapow you know like kapow but like where it's like you know impacts <laughs> happening or like fists hitting each other or somebody's getting punched or something like that and I think it just transcends, or not transcends, but it shows the story better through animation than it does through the manga. For yeah. sure, because I even voted for Hawk's fight scene for the Crunchyroll Awards, because I was like, that scene was so good in My Hero. I was like, it, it yeah. needs to win. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got to say, there, there, there's incredible fight scenes in Dragon Ball Super Superhero, just by, because of the, the integration between 2D and 3D. CG yeah. stuff that you're you're getting dynamic camera angles that you couldn't really not easily with 2D. So do you have you heard from fans? And this is kind of off topic a little bit, but that style of animation mm-hmm. has it off put anybody from deviating from the traditional like Dragon Ball Z? Like, yeah, in, there, there's a port, there's a there's a portion of the audience that uh, most people were off put by the trailers in the beginning, and then. We saw more trailers and started saying, okay, all right, this is cool. I can get used to this. And then there's still some that are just like, nope, nope, CG's terrible. I hate it. And yeah. um, I think it's it's awesome. It's a great evolution. I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's not like they animated it like the Final Fantasy Spirits Within kind of CG or Advent Children. That would have oh, been yeah. too jarring. Yeah, <laughs> to do. So you got to keep you got to keep keep grounded in those basic character designs. And maybe add the fluidity of dynamic backgrounds to it and all that. Some people, I was reading today a comment that's like, it just looks like a PS3 game. It's like, no, I don't think so. I think so. I don't think so. A lot of the current fighting games based on these shonen properties, it's like you're playing the anime because it look, it's yeah. cel-shaded and everything. And I think it's just, again, a natural progression of, of animation. And I, I hope they continue that trend, honestly. I think it looks really nice. Well, I mean, if you look at Dragon Ball when it started, I mean, the style of animation's evolved over time. So it's only natural well, yeah. that it's gonna continue to evolve, right? Like, it just makes sense. So, and I'm sure some people, when they change like the, the stylistic nature of like the early Dragon Ball, where it was a little bit more, I don't even know how to describe it, but like it was, yeah, I don't really know how, but it just you could t- you could watch a change. I think it was a big jump from the Frieza saga to Cell. I think that was like kind of when you noticed the big change in the, the animation style. Maybe maybe halfway through Frieza saga. I don't know. But, I think it's true in any show, whether it's a cartoon or yeah. anime or manga. I mean, it starts a certain way. Do you ever go back and just see what the Simpsons look like on their f- premiere episode? Oh yes. yeah, night and day. <laughs> they even sounded completely different. So. It takes a while for any property to kind of establish its footing, but then once it does, it just starts to just click into place, you know? For sure, for sure. So um, another question, we already kind of touched on this a little bit um, about you, that you were an anime fan. You watched yeah. a lot of uh, shows grow, uh, you know, growing up and then as an adult as well, and uh, even now. So yeah. um, 
you mentioned some earlier and you mentioned some of the shows you work on but what is maybe your top three favorite anime and what would like what are some recommendations of maybe upcoming things or things that you maybe recently watched that you're like oh that's gonna be really good like Mm. that you have well like you were saying earlier there's only so many hours in the day and real life (laughs) intrudes so i don't really have a lot of time what i've seen of my hero i totally get why it's popular i got through season one and i watched my episodes as fat come (laughs) (laughs) i I was so so jones to see that um And I've only seen what I've recorded on One Piece, but One Piece has such a a huge fandom. I could never start, though. Over a thousand episodes. Not like that. I'm I'm never. I can't. Too long. Not going to do it. Uh, No way. No. But I tell you one that resonates in in something that you can turn people on to, even if they turn their nose up at anime. It's like, I couldn't get an anime. Watch Full Metal Alchemist. Even watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Watch Cowboy Bebop. Yes. I mean, all those episodes are fairly self-contained. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's from the mid-90s, but it's just as good today as it was golden. back then. Still golden. Still gold. And the dub <laughs> is revered, even by the Japanese creators. It's like, your dub's better than our original. It's like, wow. <laughs> so, true facts. It's hard to put, like, a, a third one, though. I mean, I'm a little biased, of course. Dragon Ball Z is, is oh, such a huge thing little bit biased because I was started as a fan and then it started my career. It got me started in VO, which is what I wanted to do anyway, you know, when I got older. So, you know, uh, it's something that I've seen uh, progress in fandom through the decades, literally. And now those kids watching Toonami back in the day are now grown up and now they have kids and now everyone's going as a family to conventions. 10 years ago, it was mostly mostly (laughs) teenage girls at a con and the occasional guy. Now it's families, dads, moms, kids, everyone's cosplaying together. And it's so neat to see the community uh, pretty, pretty tight knit. And the ones that aren't necessarily into anime, they're open to it. It's like, hey, my daughter just showed me this, uh, this My Hero show and it's it's really good. So I'm gonna sit down and watch that with them. I think accessibility too has been helpful for um, you know yes. parents. Oh, like, for sure. You know, it's, it's there on Netflix. You don't have to go to Suncoast Video to go buy like VHS tapes, like we had to do back in the day, or chase down DVDs, you know, like online because it, none of the stores locally had it. Oh man, Suncoast man, nostalgia bomb. <laughs> Going in seeing VHS and anime. The dub was thirty dollars, but for five dollars more, you get it subtitled. Right. Like, Wow. Okay. Yeah, the logic. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the anime section, and then the Dragon Ball Z section right next to it. <laughs> Just what, so many volumes. What hurt me the most was when they they would halfway through stop doing the VHS side and like pictures, like where they do like a, a picture along the VHS boxes, and yeah. they would interrupt it or something would happen where they stopped making it the same like production company or whatever produced the VHS covers like didn't do it anymore. And so yeah. I, had, I had like incomplete, like 80% done VHS box sets or what would have been a box set making a picture. And I'm like, well, now that destroys the display of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. back in the day. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, so one, one other thing about voice acting that I want to ask, um, mm-hmm. you've done a lot of shonen anime, but you've, you mentioned earlier, you've done other stuff too. Yeah. Um, what makes voice acting in Shonen different from those other genres that you've worked on? Well, even though you can have emotional 
emotionally touching and resonant scenes, just like in any other genre, you've got that added element of let's trash your vocal cords with, <laughs> with all the power ups or fighting <laughs> scenes and all that. And, and from a voice acting perspective, we're doing the dialogue first and saving the yelling stuff for the end of the sessions because they know that that's you're going to end up sounding like you gargle razor blades at the end. Uh, unless you're using little tricks like throat spray, throat coat tea, or um, singer saving great throat spray, or um, there's Chinese cough syrup or Chinese cough lozenges. Those work great. A couple spoonfuls <laughs> of that magic goo, and you can survive a two hour screamathon, whether it's an anime or the video games that tie into it, or now, you know, today's RPGs, fighting games, all that stuff. Anything involving the technical aspect of screaming your guts out, uh, it all comes back to, wow, I got this is the tool of my trade. I got to make sure I don't damage it beyond repair. Yeah. You, you should write a clickbait article saying 10 ways to not destroy your voice. You're not going <laughs> to believe number three or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> never believe number three. Yeah. Number one, don't yell. What? Yeah. <laughs> well... Um, we kind of discussed, you know, some big titles in the Shonen um, scene. Yeah. So my question is kind of like, why do we think Shonen anime has pretty much dominated the anime scene for years and kind of continues to do so today? I think it comes back to the characters being empowered and empowering. You know, they're inspirational. I have lost track of how many people have told me that watching shows like Bleach, Naruto, even Gurren Lagann, you know, these characters are, uh, they pull them out of a depressive funk. It's almost like anime and entertainment in general is its own form of therapy. You know, it's therapy without paying to go to a therapist. It, it, it's, it's not only just escaping the, the harsh realities of life, but it may cause some introspection. And I think that's a, that's a key element that may inspire you to go down that path of it's like, hey, I want to learn martial arts or I want to do something physical. I want to become a wrestler or, or it may just inspire you. I've met people that wanted to join the military or become a, a, an officer, uh, all sorts of different inspiration. And it's really, really great to go to a convention and hear those personal stories about how these these big shows, especially the Shonen shows, have, have had such an impact on, on all genders, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Because now you hear nowadays of, you know, at least back in my day when I was younger, uh, it, you, it wasn't cool. You, you shouldn't be saying that you liked anime or whatever, but now you have all these celebrities coming out saying they love Naruto. They love, uh, attack on Titan, demon slayer. And I'm like, where did you come from? Like, when did you like this? Like, where were you years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were they the ones bullying the anime kids? And then they finally, they're closet anime fans. It's like, don't tell my friends. I like this. Like, <laughs> cool to be a nerd. And, and, you know, this is what's driving the most. This is why we have the MCU. This is why we have, you know, yeah. huge fandoms. Harry Potter over the years, Lord of the Rings and all this stuff. Because the fans are, they're, they're just legion in number. And, you know, the box office and the, and the movie studios, TV studios, you can't ignore it. You, you've got a fan base. And in the end, they're going to make profits because it's all a business at the end of the day. But, sure. you know, we're, we're the fans are what drive uh, the kind of media that we get. And, and like Jen said, like the celebrities that are like speaking out about it, I mean, 
it kind of fits into your story. Like just recently, I think at Comic Con, um, Zion Williamson, like the superstar basketball player for the Pelicans, like said he talked about how Naruto helped him like get through this like past year where he was battling with like injuries and like coming overcoming those difficulties. And there was like certain arcs in Naruto that really helped him relate and get through it. You know, and yeah, it's it's it, you know, it's definitely come to the forefront. I mean, I saw ESPN last year during like the NBA Finals or sometime during the NBA, they tweeted a uh, Jujutsu Kaisen like or like GIF from like the official ESPN Twitter account. Like it wasn't like some like fan. It was like the actual like just like saying this is what happened. Like you know, a memeing uh, some kind of event in the show or in a game. Yeah, which is it's crazy. It's it's so mainstream now. And, and, or and, Arby's, Arby's yeah. in the, over the past few years, they're, yes. they're manga themed ads. It's like, wow, this is this is brilliant. First of all, yeah. not only is it cool, but it's brilliant. The marketing team, it's like we're going to tap into those fans. It's like, yeah, well, I think they're cool. hiring those kids that are like really into this stuff. And they're like, let me show yeah. you what I can do. And then they do it and they're like, oh, this actually works. Wow. OK, anime is popular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, not only is it that anime has become more accessible nowadays with streaming sites like Netflix and you have like Crunchyroll being the dominating one for anime specifically. Um, But I do feel that nowadays from, say, like the 90s and 80s, you I feel like the shonen industry, like the anime industry for shonen specifically they have the formula down now. They have it down well. They know what needs to be in the anime series to make it successful and make it easy to digest for many audiences. And I feel like that's what really has it down to a T these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is, you know, anime tropes. You know, Shonen is, uh, has some guilty pleasures of anime tropes, whether they're good or bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kyle, can you think of some anime tropes for us, for a Shonen anime that you could think of on top of your head? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've lost count of how many times I've heard, I must train harder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the training arc. I've got to keep going. I gotta just do. I gotta get the thing, and in order to get the thing, I've gotta do the thing, and to do the thing, I have to, you know. Yeah, it's always that internal monologue. A lot of monologuing, for yes, sure. Yes, a lot what of I- monologuing, for sure, for sure. <laughs> then you have those flashbacking. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> oh, my childhood yeah. was so tough, and then you have the flashback of the childhood. It's like <laughs> we have to, we have to get deep into the. We have reached deep into the past and learn about the traumas. It's like, okay, oh, yeah. tell us why you're you're crazy today. Tell us why <laughs> <laughs> I'm not evil. I'm just misunderstood. You know. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then of course you have all the different arcs in the anime. So like. For My Hero Academia, you have the battle tournament arc, and, and that's just like a huge thing because Yu Yu Hakusho even had a tournament arc, honestly. Yes. Yeah. So, tournament arcs, love them. I, I had a character in the dark tournament arc of Yu Yu Hakusho, Karasu. Yes, you did. Fights Kurama, yeah. Oh, wait, that was you? Yeah, the long hair with the mask. Oh, He was man. doing face masks long before COVID. He's just like, that's <laughs> <laughs> hippie. <laughs> what a forward thinker uh, <laughs> i'm trying to think of any other tropes though like it, it, 
I think that that's pretty much it, right? It's just the introspection of those dudes and the endless, what you think is the most powerful villain in the world or the universe. There's always another. There's always another. Comes back like Frieza. I don't know how many times he's come back. It's not even their final form. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very important. I mean, there's, there's, there's typical just anime tropes in general where every character is like, huh? What? Or everyone in unison, what? Or they all say the same phrase together, we can't do that. It's like, it's kind of a hyper reality, you know? Yeah. Also, the main character's always got like a bottomless picked stomach. Yes. I, yeah. I don't know if it's every show, but like the big three, like Naruto, One Piece, Dragon Ball, like Goku, Luffy, or Luffy, I don't know. I don't know. Luffy. Yeah, Luffy. Because I read it, so I, I read it. a lot it. of food. There's a food obsession going on, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Put put away some meat and ramen. <laughs> you know it. Well, something that shonen anime is really well known for, and Doug kind of you know uh, pointed it out, is the length of these series. Sometimes, oh my gosh, they are forever lasting. <laughs> there are many shonen anime that have taken like years to either finish, and some are still going on today, like. One Piece, um, you know, the Naruto series with Boruto is still alive and you're Kiba in that series, which yeah. uh, Kiba, Kiba's awesome. awesome. Um, and then the Dragon Ball series is still going on today, which blows my mind. Um, let's not let's not forget Bleach. Bleach was done I years know, ago. It's and it's coming back. The final final arc of the manga is getting animated. It's dropping in Japan and hopefully soon after. You know, we're all chomping at the bit to to work on it again on the English side. I know. Oh, I'm nice. so excited. You have no idea. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Bleach is back. My childhood has resurrected. <laughs> I am ashamed to say I've never watched Bleach. I haven't either. I've only seen my parts. Oh, but it's so good, guys. You need to watch it. I promise. Ah, okay. It's on the list. It's on the list. I almost oh, wow. went online. The Viz offered a digital special for all the seasons for $100. I almost got it. Almost got uh, it. You were tempted, I see. I was. I was tempted. <laughs> like through One Piece first, right? One Piece? No. I can't. Never. Never. Can't. Don't do it. Don't do it, Kyle. <laughs> Golly, we started recording that in, oh, God, 2001, 2002, maybe? <laughs> yeah. So, so what's the longest anime series that you've watched? that I've watched, I would probably say Z. Okay, yeah. Uh, I've only seen parts of Dragon Ball, but I've seen pretty much every episode of Z. I watched a handful of GT. We'll just forget about that, you know? Yeah, uh, oh, I love, I love Trunks and GT. Okay, you love one character, but yes. do you love the story in GT? <laughs> no, but I love Trunks. You love Trunks, okay. <laughs> That's okay. We like when side characters get the love. You know, it can't be all Goku and Vegeta. It's like Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, anyway, as an anime fan, um do you enjoy like having these lengthy shonen series or is there such a thing as too long of a series? It seems to me, now I haven't watched One Piece, but on the outside looking in, it looks like Really? Is there is there stories really left to tell? But if I were on the inside, just like I'm a, a lifelong Star Wars fan, will I feel that there's ever enough stories to tell? Probably not. Right. Um, but 
again, I mean, your mileage will vary depending on who you ask and whether they've seen the shows or not. I think, you know, just like One Piece has the power and the fandom to go on forever. I think Dragon Ball does, too. I think Bleach has a lot of staying power and Naruto as well. Even if they don't make new shows, I think the fandom is going to just stick around because it's resonating so hardcore with today's teens and 20 somethings and 30 somethings. I know when I like see like younger fans say like their favorite is Boruto. I'm like, Oh my God, we're, we're at that phase now where like, it's not Naruto being the favorite it's Boruto. I'm like, Oh my Lord, where, where is the time gone? (laughs) It's like, you got to go back and watch where that came from. We got to learn about your dad, Boruto, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the beginning back in the day. You're just going to flashback to old episodes and just show yeah. the episode in the episode <laughs> when naruto beat kiba in the tuning exam by farting in his face you know <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> so you know when when you're doing all these characters in these shows like what do you say makes the perfect shonen protagonist like what what are the elements of that protagonist we already mentioned the bottomless put stomach but I, that's kind of like a side <laughs> you know side characteristic but the 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 main ones like what what is the one that or maybe i don't know what what few do you see in in across animation that you've really you know it seems like a recurring trend youth (laughs) yeah young dudes well if you have long series boy dudes (laughs) (laughs) you gotta have a young guy to start because they gotta go through a long like long ass series like one piece or naruto or something they gotta grow yeah uh misunderstood misfits um that sort of thing yeah you know again relatable to so many people i mean they may not be I'm not young and pretty like this character, but I relate to this aspect of this character. And it's like, okay, I'm now I'm in, I'm hooked. I want to, I want to go on this journey. Yeah, definitely. Like, and, and when you have to act out as one of these characters, like, what do you do to prep? Like, what is it? Do you have like, like you mentioned earlier, the throat lozenges and things like that to prepare your voice for like those battle scenes or something like that. But is there a lot of mental prep, like emotional, like you have to get yourself to a place in order to portray one of these uh, characters? I don't feel I have a, uh, an, a like a, a certain protocol or regimen to, to get in the zone. I just kind of do. And this comes from years of just uh, going in there and going for it to the improv. Yeah. Being able to just, we're going to give you bullet points. This is what you're acting off of and go. And that's what we do in anime dubbing is we know nothing before our session starts. And then, you know, we have our, our script with all the cues in, in, in numerical order and the video has a time code so the engineer can sync it up and cue right to the line and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, there's no time for a dry rehearsal, a dry run. There's no researching. There's no time and there's no budget to pay us to sit here yeah. and do the research to read the manga or watch the show or study the script. We're, we're blank slates. The director has to say, all right, this is going on. This is going on. And in this scene, this is happening. Preview the line in Japanese. Do it in English. Okay, that's good. Or do it again. And then move on down. Lather, rinse, repeat. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask if, if you did do any research or if you like for now, I feel like nowadays the turnaround time between 
when something's released in Japan and in the US, it's a lot quicker now than it used to be. Yeah, for sure.、Um, even manga, like you, I think Shonen Jump app, I think they come out simultaneously. They do the simul drop, so there's no spoilers、yeah. out there or anything like that. So,、um, you know, you don't really have as much of an opportunity to even research nowadays than you did maybe when a full series was released in Japan and then. It came to the US after you didn't know the full story of a character that you're going to be acting with, out. With、but. a lot of those simul dubs, too, the,、uh, you don't even ne- necessarily have the, the, the benefit of seeing mouth flaps because the animation's not done. You're looking at、right. a really crude animatic or like a barely moving comic strip panel, basically, and you have to hope that the mouth flap's <laughs> going to match. So all we have to do is, use as a reference is the Japanese audio. Yeah. So, a series like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is probably hell for voice actors when it comes to like research beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so much for the actors. I think, you know, that,、uh, that responsibility lies on the director. The director is the conductor, he's assembling the jigsaw pieces of all the different actors coming in, scheduled, recording one at a time. And reviewing the story, making sure the performances flow so we sound like we're acting off of each other in the same room, even though we're not. And especially during the pandemic, when everyone's recording from different recording environments my recording space, my mic versus someone else's mic in their recording space or a closet and whatnot, and having it mixed in Pro Tools and sweetened and, and filtered and all that stuff to sound consistent. So, kudos to the engineers, especially to, the, to make all this magic. But, anime you've been watching for the past few years during these pandemic times, it's, it's been just a magic show. It's been a miracle between recording at home and the engineers really working their butts off to make it sound really polished. I can did imagine. You, did you have to like, invest in a lot of your own equipment over the last few years that you didn't、oh, yeah. have previously? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've had a good mic and a good preamp to plug it into, and then that, go- that interface goes directly into my Mac. And yeah, I mean, I, I ended up、uh, getting a better interface. I didn't have to, but I thought, okay, well, I'm working more. I'm going to go ahead and invest in my craft, and、uh, yay, tax write offs. Yeah, so,、right. <laughs> so do all that. But some people did have to sit there and, you know, Plunk down thousands of dollars to, to get a fancy recording booth constructed. I am blessed with a really nice walk in closet. I put some minimal <laughs> acoustic foam and everything that makes a closet a closet. That、oh, is God,、uh, right. sound absorption enough, knock on wood. You、yeah. know, the engineer said, Hey, your place sounds really great. So, are y'all still recording from home or are y'all back in the studio now? It's a mixture. It's a hybrid.、Sure. It's like, depends on actors, if they're comfort, if they're comfortable going in. A lot of the studios have a protocol now where they wipe everything down with sanitary wipes and they run HEPA filters in between sessions and、uh, all sorts of things. So、uh, some studios are like, you have to wear a mask when you're in there, unless you're recording and you're by yourself in the booth and, and all that sort of thing. So It's, it's probably safer than it ever was before. But for those who are immunocompromised and they still got to work, the studios have been really understanding、uh, and, and all that. And honestly, I'm spoiled. I love recording from home. I don't want to schlep across <laughs> town and sit in traffic. You know, I live in Burbank and that's like 45 minutes away from like Culver City or Santa Monica. And it's like, can I just hop in my booth and, re- and connect? It'll sound just as good. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had this wasn't a question we had planned, but it's something I just thought of. Have you ever had the chance to meet any of the Japanese voice actors for the characters that you've played? 
yeah, with Dragon Ball especially, I've met uh, Masako Nozawa uh, and um, I met Vegeta's voice actor and I've met Piccolo and Videl. That's great. Uh, Frieza. I've met Kamina's actor from Gurren Lagann. Oh, I've, nice. I've met Ichigo from Bleach and he told me that Aizen's voice actor in Japan really likes my performance in English. It's like, oh, whoa. That's so sweet. That's that awesome. Is, that is neat. That is neat. And it's such a rare delight to get to meet people from the Japanese side because so few cons can uh, can afford to get them over here. And especially with the pandemic, right. they're not, not, understandably, they don't feel safe sitting yeah. on a plane for 13, 14 hours to, to come over yeah. here. Yeah. And then getting back over there is a pain too. Uh, oh, yeah. It's not an easy turnaround anymore. You have to do all this testing stuff to get over there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough, but that's that's cool though that you get to hear feedback from the the original like voice actors and say, yeah, that's how you, you, we like it's, you. You're good. It's an honor <laughs> to meet these people. These people are what cemented. They're the actual voices of those characters, and they're the reason that we have the opportunity to do an English version of these beloved yeah. shows. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Because your Kamina is like fantastic let me just Thank say you. the dub for Gurren Lagann is the best in my opinion that's awesome to hear and I've heard countless fans talk about how inspirational the character and the show and 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 that's that journey uh has meant to them it is Kamina is probably like my husband's favorite anime character <laughs> <laughs> it's nice and, and it's really cool that a show from 2008 2009 still just as powerful you know when they come to my booth and they see that i have art prints of all my characters and then they stop on kamina it's like that is one of my favorite all-time characters <laughs> and it's a one season show it you know? is it's so crazy that like you have all these great one-liners from an anime that you're in that like so many people still quote today who the hell do you think i am yeah yes drill that pierces the heavens that's right Love don't it. believe in yourself believe in me believe in the kamina who believes you. Yes. <laughs> I got you to say it. That, okay. Goal, goal accomplished. Got you to say it. <laughs> now you can tell your husband and he's going to be super jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up, I actually had a couple of surprise questions for you. Okay. Um, so these have nothing to do necessarily with what we talked about. Well, some of them do. But who is your favorite anime character of all time? Or I was saying protagonist, protagonist, or one of those shades of gray where they kind of are good. Mm, protagonist. I still love Piccolo. Still yeah. love Piccolo. I mean, he's been a bad guy in the beginning, I guess, in Dragon Ball, but he came around. Yeah. I love, <laughs> yeah. I love how he's the original, like, is. he was the original Vegeta in that regard, right? Like, he, he was Vegeta was. before Vegeta. He kind of was. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Goku's pretty lovable too. There's no doubt. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm I have more patience for Piccolo than Goku. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's a little more grounded. He's been more of a dad to Gohan than Goku has. For oh sure. my god! I'll, right, for so sure. I'll have to send you this. Uh, send you this tweet that I saw that had made a joke about that. I'm gonna send it to you. It's hilarious. I, yeah, I don't even know if I sent it to you. I think I did. No, you right? didn't. It was this one guy, he did like this uh, comedy skit on Twitter. It was like a 30 second bit, but basically mm -hmm. where it was like, he was like a football coach coaching Goku on a fight and then Piccolo's there and Vegeta's there and he's like basically talking trash to him like he's a coach talking to players. And then <laughs> Goku and Piccolo get into it and then he says something like, 
Piccolo's been more of a dad to go ahead than you have. And he like, and everyone just like stops and stares. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. All right. Sorry. Sorry. That was, I didn't even think about that until just now. But uh, um, next question. Favorite New Orleans food? Oh. Your go-to dish when you came into town? It's between Etouffee and Jambalaya. Ah, right. you're a rice person. I am. I am. Gotcha. And boudin, boudin, you can't go wrong with that. Well, you got you got better boudin like closer to Lake Charles than you do in New Orleans. Let's let's be real. Like Billy's oh, okay. boudin out in uh in uh what is it rain? I think right past Lafayette. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, some good the stuff off the highway. <laughs> I think my favorites are like it was called boudin balls, and it was basically hush puppies. They had this yeah. in Lake Charles. Amazing. Oh yeah. Those are those are so good. Do you miss it? Like in LA, do you have opportunities to eat anything like that? Not there? really. Not really. I haven't gone to any supposed authentic Cajun cuisine restaurants. There are some, but I I need to dig a little deeper. I just have a feeling it's just <laughs> it, it'd be like having sushi in Iowa. How good can it's it be? Like the posh know? version of like Cajun food where they say it's Cajun, but it's like some kind of like hybrid thing where they put a twist on it. You're like, no, not quite. Why is there <laughs> kale in my gumbo? You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and I was going to see, could you say in your Dragon Ball Z narrator voice this time on, on Crew of Japan podcast? This time on Crew of Japan podcast. There you go. All right. I just wanted to hear that. That's awesome. That's that was awesome. great. Next <laughs> time, too. Do you do a preview? Do you do a preview? Do you want to next time on Crew? You can do that too. I'll, I'll take it if you have it. <laughs> I'll get it to you. Here we Let's go. Do it next time on Crew of Japan podcast. All right, there we go. <laughs> we got our new awesome. intro. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. That was hilarious. Oh You're man, I know, I know you got to head out in a couple of minutes. So um, before we wrap up, uh, Jen, did you have anything else? Um, no, just it was an honor to have you on the podcast. Longtime you. fan. You've inspired so many. You have been a great example in the community. And just keep it up, Kyle. You're doing fabulous. Hey, I appreciate the support. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for the kind words. And thanks to the fans around the world that keep this art form alive in 2022 nowhere to go but up and make hollywood go what is this what is this anime thing that's so popular <laughs> it should turn it into live action that's what that's yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no 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 do that maybe that's, put that's some more money though. you know put some studio dollars so we have higher budgets maybe so we have more shows yeah. but leave the anime art form in its pure form you know just 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 give us more <laughs> of what we exactly. have exactly exactly yeah totally but thank you guys it means the world that i get to do something i love for a living that i i get i get so touched by the, the stories of inspiration and happiness and entertainment laughter tears whatnot and I hear about it all the time, thanks to social media and the conventions and getting to do podcast interviews and hearing your personal stories, too. So thank you for that. You know, thank you. And you mentioned social media. Where can people find you on social media or like, you know, anything you have coming up or any upcoming events where you're going to be at cons? And, yeah. I do. My next big con is Salt Lake Fan X in uh, Salt Lake City. That's coming up the end of uh, September, I believe. And uh, I'm on Twitter all the time and Instagram at Kyle A. Bear, H-E-B-E-R-T. I have my own podcast. It's comedy slash geek news. It's a solo podcast I do. I create my own characters and interact with them. 
So it's really <laughs> weird theater of the mind. I talked to a couple stoner aliens. I got a conspiracy theorist, a Karen who calls in. I voice it, but I pitch it up and make her sound like a, a really bitchy valley girl. Uh, <laughs> all sorts of wacky stuff. And I talk about things like predator, prey, and aliens, and Marvel, and tech and all sorts of stuff it's called the intergalactic boombox so search intergalactic boombox anywhere you listen to podcasts and i would much appreciate uh, you got a new subscriber right here i'll tell you that right now awesome. Same. I, the podcast get me through my work day so I'm, I'm glad i have another one to add to the queue yeah and what's nice about it is only 15 minutes so it's like okay. you yeah. commute to work or school and it's it's one and done once a week every friday brand new 15 minute episode Great. Yeah, probably trying to play all those characters. You can only last 15 minutes with that, huh? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I have to record one back and forth, one at a time, and then I cut out each clip and then overlap them so it sounds like a conversation actually happening in real time. So throw in some sound effects, some acapella soundtrack music that I do myself in multi-tracks. Like, it's like really stupid, really silly, but it's fun, and I love doing it. That's great. That's it. I actually started editing for this season, um, and it's it's been a learning curve, but I've, it's it's kind of fun though. I like it. It's it, it's a different side of creativity that I haven't really tapped into before. It feels really gratifying when you finish a big audio editing oh. job. I sh I'm sure it's the same for video editing too, but video looks daunting. I couldn't imagine doing no, video. I, yeah, same. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the final product I listened to it. I'm like, okay, <sighs> it's a sense of relief, but also like accomplishment. You're like, all right. I did that. That sounds pretty good. Okay. <laughs> it's posted. It's out there for the world to consume. <laughs> Be free, my child. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you again so much. Uh, we don't want to keep you much more. Um, this has been so much fun. And, you know, in the future, if we do another anime episode, we'd love to have you back. Yeah, you know, okay. if you're free and the schedule yeah. permits, we'll be in sure. touch. I'd be honored. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Crew of Japan podcast. We were lucky enough to discuss the workings of shonen anime with our special guest, voice actor Kyle Abear. We discussed the success of shonen anime and what to expect from the shonen series. What's your favorite shonen anime? Let us know. Share with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now TikTok at Crew of Japan Podcast. That's K R E W E O F J A P A N Podcast. While you're there, follow, like, all that good stuff, and let us know how you are enjoying our podcast. That's it for today. Until next time. <laughs>